Hi everyone and welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here from CS2. Today I'm super delighted to announce our guest. We have Joy <laughs> Martinez, who's the Senior Director of Marketing Ops here at CS2. Uh, Joy joined us. How many months has it been, Joy, since you joined CS2? Um, I've lost track now. It feels like it's been like years. Almost five. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Joy, yeah. yeah, I think it's been five. Just five. Uh, Joy joins us um, with, well, she'll talk about her history, but a great history of marketing ops. And um, today we're actually going to be talking about something that I think is super important and is super helpful. And, and you'll see why uh, to see us too. Um, but we're going to be talking about strengths and um, how you can actually use strengths to not only, you know, manage your team better, get them working together, um, all getting them understanding each other, um, but but really like also have the employee really understand themselves too. It's very eye opening, I think, when you when you understand what a strength is and um, how it can be used. Uh, for good. And so, um, uh, so yeah, so welcome to the podcast, Joy. I'm so excited that you're finally on. Thanks. I'm so excited too. Thanks, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you already know this, but we, we do start with an origin story, but on top of it, I would, I would love to kind of have you go through, you know, your kind of trajectory to mops, but also you're, you know, we're talking about strengths here and you're a huge fan of strengths, but really like tell us about how you got into strengths in the first place as well and if that kind of evolved through your career. Yeah. So my, um, you know, early in my career, I was in a lot of marketing kind of generalist roles, just like marketing manager. Um, but my second role, I started to get into more operations really before it was even called marketing operations, yeah. right? Um, or marketing automation or anything like that. Like, I feel like it's probably the time where like Marketo was just coming in, you know, mm -hmm. on the market and stuff like that. Um, and I was working for a company that um, did uh, marketing for financial professionals. And the CEO was really like a coach himself, I would say. Um, but I was a member coaching director and I would work directly with a group of clients, um, similar in what I do now with um, consulting with clients and um, helping them build their business through different marketing strategies and things like that and worked actually in an installed piece of CRM. Um, I did like batch and blast email campaigns out of, out of the CRM <laughs> that old school. But I, I was really always good at like wanting to like improve processes and optimization and just very like organized and detail oriented in that way. So I just kind of like gravitated towards op in, in my roles. It also is that time that I started to become really interested in strengths-based development because um, that job was actually like really awesome because it showed me a lot of like really cool, like ways to coach um, and and lead clients and things like that. But it also was a fairly toxic work environment. Um, and so oftentimes on lunch, I would sneak off to the local bookstore and um, consume myself just like in books on my lunch and stuff. Um, and I also was getting my MBA at the same time. So I would sit in class and learn about organizational development and culture. And um, what I was like reading about and learning was entirely different than what I was experiencing like 
in reality at, at that corporate job. So um, I started studying coaches kind of during that time, uh, business and success coaches, sales coaches, things like that, and um, started really kind of digging into strengths-based development. And at that time, I also um, was part of a, uh, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Grand Rapids had like this emerging leadership program. And so I went through that with a group of people and took the Strengths Finder um, for the very first time, uh, which is now called Clifton Strengths. And so um, I just like started loving learning about what my strengths were and how I could use them and all things kind of coaching and development. So after I left that role, I continued into more of like marketing automation roles, um, but they were really like hybrid. Like I was doing the strategy and the execution. So I was the one developing the marketing programs and campaigns going into market. And then we didn't have an operations department. So then I also was the admin of Marketo <laughs> um, and started to kind of, you know, learn different marketing automation platforms and the more that I started working in marketing ops, um, the more that I was like, hmm, like, I love this demand gen campaign stuff. I seem to be good at it, but I really just want to be doing marketing ops. Like, I really love that piece of it. Um, and so my career kind of steered more in that direction. Um, and then um, my entry to consulting was actually independent first. Um, and when I was independent consulting, um, I had a, a couple clients and was really working half the amount of hours for the same amount of pay for the job that I had just left. And I was like, this isn't half bad. Like, what am I going to do with this extra time? Should I get another client for Marketo marketing op work or should I... Um, do this like strengths coaching stuff that I was always really interested into. So um, that's kind of my journey into like actually consulting for clients on Marketo to pay the bills. And then I would do kind of my passion project of strengths coaching. And I'd be actually like waiting for my son to go to bed at night. And I would be like doing coaching calls with clients at night on their strengths, um, using the Clifton strengths. And um, it was a lot of fun. So um, I went and worked at an agency, kind of went back in house for a few years, and that brings me here. So, um, yeah, I I love strengths based development. I enjoy incorporating it into you know all of my roles and as a manager, it's been like very helpful. Um, but that's a little bit of how I've gotten here. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later about how you then kind of you know took that and. We've been applying it to CS2, which has been awesome. But it's one of the things that I think, um, like you said, you learned about that kind of like, you know, in culture, environment, um, stuff like in your MBA. I think I learned about like some of that also in like business school. And then like you hear about like Myers-Briggs and personality tests mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And um, but one of the things I really like about the strengths is just like how I just feel like they're more accurate in understanding really like how to, um, especially work, like in a work setting, yeah. like how to um, use them for yourself, but also understanding others so that you can adapt to them. So um, I think just to, as a primer for everyone, like what, how do you define a strength? Like what is a strength? Yeah. So a strength is really, um, I always say a strength is what strengthens you and a weakness is what weakens you. But a strength is really 
your natural talents, um, how you naturally think, feel, behave, work, um, and the more investment and time that you put into practicing your talents and utilizing them um, in an effective way, it becomes a strength. And so they're just the things that are like innately part of who you are and what makes you so unique from everybody else in this world. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different than like you mentioned you know, like personality assessments, like, mm -hmm. I think of it totally different than like your personality. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, why I like the Clifton Strength so much is like what you mentioned, because it's so much just the natural way that you work. And so it's very applicable to working in teams, working cross-functionally with other departments. Um, you know, if you have direct reports, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, strengths are what you innately do very well and have invested in time in, um, you know, skills anybody can acquire, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can go mm -hmm. get training to get a skill in something, a technical skill. You can improve even soft skills, like yeah. presentation skill. You can practice, right? And, and acquire that, um, knowledge you can acquire the, in the same way through experience, um, work experience, practice, um, education, but, strengths and talents are not something you acquire like they are who you are um yeah and if you think you're acquiring them you're probably just um adapting to situations and not really <laughs> staying true to what you naturally do so yeah that's so true like I think I I've noticed this more especially like as I've gotten more developed in my career to like really realize like what's a strength and what's really just a skill or like you said, like a learning kind of mechanism, adapt adaptation, stuff like that, because you do, you do realize the difference when like sometimes in certain stressful situations in, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're, you're going to fall on or like you're going to fall on your strengths, but also you're going to ditch your adaptations. Like you just, you just can't fall on the things that you're trying to force yourself to learn or do when yeah. you're in some sticky situations or when you become tired or something like that. So uh, I've just realized that like the strengths part and understanding what your strengths are can be useful because when you do find yourself in maybe a challenge or you are understanding like, why is this, you know, hard for me? We'll talk about like the uh, benefits and, and, mm -hmm. and downfalls, but I found that like, oh, understanding my strengths makes me realize, oh, okay, well, this doesn't lend to my strength or I don't yeah. have a strength that like can help with this. Or maybe my strength is actually like making this worse. You know, I think my, one of mine is like focus. And so sometimes <laughs> I'll focus like too much on like a problem yeah. and until it gets solved and, and that takes me away from the big picture. So it's been super enlightening since, um, yeah really understanding them. Yeah. I mean, your strengths are really like your easy button, you know, like yeah. where you're just going to naturally gravitate. Like if you, like you said, if you're in a challenging or like stressful situation, like where are you going to go? Where, where you naturally are going to gravitate towards. Right. And you're going to react most naturally that way. Um, yeah. Though there's like learned behaviors where it's like, okay, I mean, I want to go speak to like a group of 200 people every day, right? But I can <laughs> learn and practice and gain presentation skills to do so. Mm -hmm. uh, but most naturally, uh, 
I'll gravitate towards one-on-one like this. So Mm -hmm. that's really where my Mm -hmm. strength is. Yeah. Yeah. So for people who are interested in learning, like how, how do they find out what their natural uh, talents or strengths are? And uh, can it be hard to identify without having some type of tool to do that? Yeah, uh, it definitely can be hard to identify because, because they come so naturally to us that sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't even realize they're that big of a deal or even realize that like other people aren't like that. Um, it's like, oh gosh, I didn't even realize that like, that was anything unique or that like comes difficult to other people, you know? Um, and so I guess like ways to identify, uh, you know, outside of the assessments, which I'll talk about in a second, just, um, asking other people, like asking your peers, asking people who actually really know you, um, and like your family and your coworkers and things like that and see what kind of words they would just use to describe you is like a great place to start because usually other people, you know, can more easily see what, what your strengths are. Um, also, um, I call it the peaks and pits exercise. Um, I would use this with my clients sometimes um, where like, I don't know if you ever had where your parent would like, you'd sit down after school at dinner or all the family or something. What was your peak of the day? And what was your pit of the day? And you start thinking about like the things that like were really exciting and lit you up and brought you energy versus the things that you dreaded or, um, you know, just like felt like the life was being sucked out of you and things you were like, I never want to do this again. Um, Those indicators are usually an indication of an area of strength. Um, Anything that you kind of um, are really excited and like yearning to do um, Mm. that you feel like you're naturally gravitating towards usually um, would identify a strength. Um, Areas where like you would learn very fast. Like if you were somebody that um, like was a very good problem solver and you were constantly like able to like attack problems and solve them very quickly, like versus other people, like that would probably be an area of strength. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, also kind of like losing track of time. Like if you're just like so heads down in something and um you know, you're just feeling like in flow and in a groove, like mm-hmm. that's probably an indication that it's an area of strength for you. Um, but then you can do assessments. Like, you know, I already mentioned, I love the Clifton Strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 50 bucks and you get your full 34 rank of the, your 34 talent themes. Um, Myers-Briggs, um, I've done DISC profiles a lot, mm-hmm. uh, Colby assessments, you name it. There's a good free one at 16personalities.com. Um, that one I've actually found actually quite, quite close to my Clifton Strengths results, but, um, really no matter what assessment you take, like I've taken a ton of them, they all say the same thing, like mm-hmm. underlying, like, even if they have a name for a certain something or like a name for a certain trait, like they're all saying the same thing about me. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like reading the descriptions and like, you know, being like, oh yeah, yep, that's totally me. You know, when you read a statement or something, um, that's what you kind of need to pull out of them versus um, like how the assessment actually defines things. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had done a bunch of them before. And I think the thing I liked about the Clifton strengths was just the ability to just kind of see how you rank across 
all of them as well, like how all their categories. So yeah. if I was like really low in something, that was actually just as informative as like yeah. what I ranked like really high as my yeah. strength. Yeah. Uh, so I just loved seeing that like full kind of gamut and then comparing that to like team members and and my yeah. partners. So I, I, I think that that's a great one, but I agree. Like if someone's listening is like, oh, I'm just interested or maybe I want to get my team, but you know, it's not going to be company sponsored, you know, try like a free test, like the 16 personalities, yeah. like, cause I think just having some of that document and defined, I think, um, it's just really eye opening to yourself. Um, yeah. but also like for your team. So totally. For sure. Yeah. I would recommend it too, for anybody that might even be looking for a new career marketing ops, mm. something else, like whatever. Uh, because even if, the interviewer or the the company that's hiring isn't familiar with like the Clifton Strengths talent themes. Like I can describe myself mm-hmm. in interviews and on my resume and in my LinkedIn profile and things like that. Like if you know what your strengths are, like discovering it is like literally just like the first step and just mm-hmm. having that self-awareness. Totally. Once you've got that and you like really appreciate what they are, like then yeah. you can really speak to that and market yourself in that way. Totally. It's hard to though, if you haven't like done that first step of just discovering what it is. I'm just getting the language to describe it. Cause I think some, like you said, like just, just those words or phrases or like, you know, the actual strength itself, like, and the descriptions, like just having that like language that you can look to, to use for that. I think a lot of the time that's what provides clarity for folks, but yeah. also helps them articulate. It's so hard to articulate yeah. a feeling or a strength, yeah. like, but when you have the language to do that, it can make it easier for people yeah. to understand. It's easier to read something and go, oh, yeah, that like perfectly describes me <laughs> yeah. than to try to articulate it yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so helpful. I mean, I've used it in applying for jobs like, for years now. So um, it's always been very helpful and always been actually really entertaining conversations with like, you know, HR, or the hiring manager as well. So yeah, well, I can attest to that too. I think I think all of that came up in your own interview and then your your resume. So I think yeah. it's really useful. Um, so once people kind of understand their uh, talents or strengths, but how can we best like uh, use those effectively or leverage our strengths the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So once you know what they are and you've, um, really appreciate what they are, um, and appreciate your uniqueness, right. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. I've had where people are like, Oh, I wish I had like this one and I don't have that one. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just pay attention to how you feel is like a big recommendation. I guess I would have like, when you are like working in your natural state, like the feeling is good, right? Like, you know, when you're in zone versus when you're not. And if something is not feeling good, um, you know, or feeling energetically like aligned with who you are, um, then, you know, you may need to pivot, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe even find support from like other people. Um, If you're finding yourself too often, kind of out of your strength zone and like in a place where you're not feeling like your natural self, um, you know, there may be somebody where that is their strength and you mm-hmm. just need to team up with them or 
maybe there's somebody that's like really great at thinking of ideas and you need an idea for something or an idea for a strategy. And like, maybe you just need to like, you know, call them up and bounce ideas and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, also I kind of think of it as like, like a teeter totter or a scale. So like Mm -hmm. in the middle when you're on it, it's, it's straight. Right. So like you're in good place, but like you could tip where it's, you're kind of like using your strengths too much and leaning in really heavily. Like you mentioned your focus example earlier or the other way where you're not really like utilizing them enough, or maybe they're just like underdeveloped talents. So like your focus example that you talked about um, focus. And I actually have max maximizer. We're talking Clifton strength talent themes now um, Mm -hmm. specifically, but if you think of just people that are, very like can laser focus in on things and and maximizers like myself love to do really excellent work and love Mm. excellence and strengths and stuff. Um, Those two talent themes actually intensify any other talent theme that you have. (laughs) They're very unique. So, um, so what you're saying is so when so when your focus pairs up with literally anything else, like for example, my maximizer and my achiever, which I'm a very high achiever, right? I like to be very productive and check things off my list and get things done. But it is sometimes when they pair up together, intensify where it's like overboard, where I might feel burned out, right? Because I'm just like working, working, working. And like, I don't want to stop because mm. it's like energizing. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I went overboard and now I'm burned out feeling and I need a break. Or, um, you know, Sometimes in business, like you just need to, um, I think I told you this example before, but like a boss once told me like, I don't need Cadillac work for this right now. I, this just needs to be Chevy. Like, and that was very hard for me for somebody that wanted to do like really like the most excellent work. But sometimes you need to know like when to kind of pull back and balance. And, um, so just kind of listening for when you're feeling like things are intensifying or if it moves into an area where you're like, yeah, this doesn't feel good anymore. Um, you you kind of need to go the opposite way. Um, there's some people too, that kind of like, like strengths on steroids where they might fill the holes on a team. Right. So mm-hmm. sometimes I've found myself do that in the past where I've kind of, fill a hole where maybe the team needs me to do something that's like probably a little bit more of a learned behavior versus like how I naturally perform, but that's what the team needs as a whole. So like, I'm going to do that, but then I'm kind of not working in my natural state and I can only do that so long. Um, Those are what I call strengths on steroids where it's like, Oh, cool. Like I'm just going to like do this thing, fill this hole. Uh, I'm going to overdo it. To, at all costs and not pay attention to how it's, you know, making me feel. Um, the too little could just be that you're just not spending enough time in practice, like using those strengths. And some mm. of that could just come from like, you're just not aware of what your strengths are yet. So you don't know how to leverage them. But once you have that self-awareness, now you can know if you're like in that zone or if you're not. Um, and then there's, um, what I call frozen talents, which are like gender based, cultural, societal, or even like personal biases um, and perceptions that people put on talents. So like often, like if women are very strong and direct, um, Mm. the perception of that in society can be that, oh, like they're a little 
like too much. That's more of a male yeah. trait, right? Right. Um, or like on the opposite end, like if males are really strong in empathy and harmony and they just want everybody to get along, um, that may be seen as like weak, right? Right. Those are gender-based perceptions um, that just society has. And so sometimes you are not, you're kind of like stifling your own talents to mm-hmm. um, meet those perceptions. Totally. Yeah. I remember when you first talked about that and I, I, I didn't know the language around that either being like a frozen talent, but it's so, so true. And I think can be, especially as a, a female, but I think it happens to both genders or non-gender, right? you know, yeah. but it can um, really play a role of, uh, you know, you, it, it, it can have you also impact your confidence too, because you know, mm-hmm. what makes us confident when we're, when we are doing good work, when we're feeling good, when we're leaning into our strengths. And so if you feel like you have to hide that or hide yeah. those or, you know, freeze this, it's going to make you less confident, doubt yourself. Maybe also, like you said, intensify maybe another talent when, and, and so, um, yeah, I, I think that that was kind of eye opening for me too, because, um, it's just so common, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. Luckily things are changing a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, so sometimes people can view certain talents as negative. Um, mm. uh, you know, some, sometimes um, ones sound obviously more great, like positivity, right? Like that's one of my <laughs> lowest ones, which I'm always so sad about. Um, but, but there's other ones that, you know, like you said, like maximizer or focus or, um, but so sometimes people can view those talents as negative as they have a negative perception of themselves. Like, oh, mm-hmm. these like, that, mm-hmm. that was one thing that's interesting too. People can sometimes see their strengths and be like, Wait, yeah. these are my strengths? No, like, I, I don't want, want these ones. <laughs> because you always want what somebody else has, you know? It's yeah. like, they, that's why it kind of goes back to like, they're just so innate that like sometimes you don't even see them as a big deal, but then you see other right. people's as a big deal and you're like, and so it's yeah. easy to get like that imposter syndrome from it. Totally. So how do, how do you suggest folks like combat that and combat that feeling that way? Yeah. I mean... So a lot of it is just kind of, again, listening to when you're in balance or not, but um, like knowing how to even how understanding what your strengths are is like the number one thing to combat it, Um, having that self-awareness and then like also just knowing how to speak to it because um, for example, I I had a manager once who um, I was asking questions because I like to ask questions. I'm very curious. Um, that comes from my input talent because I like to just know things and I will collect information. And even if I know how to solve the problem, I may ask the team for feedback or, you know, whatever, because I just want to know like, well, how would you do it though? Like, mm-hmm. that's how I would do it. And she saw that as maybe me having a lack of confidence. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, 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 it's got nothing to do with confidence. Like I'm, my confidence is cool. Like, yeah. um, I just like to know things. Like I'm asking you cause I'm just like curious. I'm not asking you because I don't know. And so that was the difference. And so her perception of me was, she was that I was asking because I didn't know. And I was like, no, no, that's not it at all. And so I had to like, 
kind of school her on my strengths, right? And like why this shows up. But then I made an adaptation too. When I started asking things, I first would bring to the table like, here's my thoughts on this, or here's how I would solve Mm. this, then ask the question. Because that shift in how I phrased the question and set it up and gave that context made it now not be perceived is that I didn't know and more right. so that I'm just like curious to get people's insights. And so, um, you know, like uh, just understanding and knowing how to articulate, um, especially to your manager um, and to other people is like really, really important. Um, and it's, you know, the number one thing that I can just say is like really get to know your strengths and like really intimately know them because you'll know if you're showing up in them or not. Totally. Yeah. I think that that that's so true. And then I, I think like understanding other people's strengths, I think as a leader or a manager, yeah. like me, I feel like as you're like maybe an individual contributor spending your time to really realize your own strengths and, and work and harness those. But once you do become like a manager or someone mm-hmm. who's leading a team, I think it's even more so to know that, but also realize other people's strengths and how they're different to yours. Yeah. Um, because I, I think it can um, make you have more empathy, you know, it can, it can also change sure. how you, you lead. Uh, Cause everyone has different, mm-hmm motivations and things based on that. So mm-hmm. I think that that, uh, I think start to start, know yours. <laughs> and then, yeah. because also if, if I think what we see is hard to understand are when people don't have our strengths. So even just understanding yours mm-hmm. can even help with that. So if some, yeah. if that's where I think you get some frustration, like, oh, why is this person just not like not doing this this way? You know? Yeah. Like how many times have you, we probably yeah. thought that before and then you realize, well, <laughs> oh, well that maybe comes easy to me, you yeah. know, but everyone, you know, perceives things different. So yeah. like, even if you don't even understand theirs, just understanding yours and knowing that they could be different, I think really is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that everybody truly is different. Cause like, um, uh, you know, someone on our team has um, context on the, mm-hmm. uh, as a talent theme, um, which really likes to know like the background and the context and the history as to like why something occurred. Um, it's part of strategic thinking talents. And so like, that's how they strategically think is like gathering that context first. But I know that there's a lot of us on our team that are, have futuristic as a talent, which is yeah. almost the opposite of context where like, we're just like, visionary we like to think about the future and how things could be and that's how we strategically think and so those two working together could Mm -hmm. maybe be frustrating at times right because it's like we don't have time to go through like the history and the details like let's just like think (laughs) about right and then the person with contacts is like wait wait wait. like we can't solution without having all these ducks in a row first you know right um or like if somebody has consistency who likes predictable like patterns or like they love that predictability and then you have somebody um with adaptability which is like go with the flow like they're cool Mm -hmm. like so then you have somebody that's like totally go with the flow and somebody who like needs structure and routine they're kind they're not always opposites but like kind of you know yeah (laughs) and so 
if you know what your own talents are and start even asking teammates like, hey, what are yours? Like, mm-hmm. um, or just even recognizing like, ah, this is why they do it this way. Okay, maybe I can approach this different, you know? Um, yeah, totally. Helpful. And um, yeah, and it's just, I think even if it doesn't help you react in the moment, I think giving you the like, the ability to just self-reflect and always go back to, okay, why did I, why am I responding this way? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling this way? And it usually comes down to just that mismatch of just like yeah being different. You why know? am I feeling then, these perceptions? Like, yeah. And sometimes it's like, it's nothing to do with you. It's just that person's different from you. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> don't, don't yeah. look into it too much. We're just unique. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but what, so one thing that, um, we did an offsite with the team, um, this year and joy led a workshop. Um, we had the whole team do the Clifton strengths assessment and, and that worked really well. Um, and I, I think it was really useful. Like we talked about, like for understanding the team strengths and, and we mm-hmm. talked about why that's important, but for maybe people who are, um, you know, interested in maybe doing this for themselves or like their own, you know, team, or, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a head of marketing, this could be really great to do. Can you just share a little bit about how you prep for that workshop or how someone um, who's listening may be able to really take the first step to better understanding their team strengths? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I would like probably kudos any team that's like open to doing that because uh, they can solve so many problems. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so we took the Clifton Strengths Assessment. I mean, you know, they could choose to do it any other formal or informal way. But um, I basically laid out everybody's strengths into like a matrix. It was just like a grid with all of the talent themes and then all the people on the side and marked off like what our top 10 were across the team. And then like what our bottom five were on the list. Um, And that way we could kind of see um, just, you know, ran some little percentages and totals and stuff in Excel. I could see, okay, cool. Like our team is made up of like this percent of like strategic thinking talents. And like, these are the ones that like we're really heavy in, or these are the ones that we maybe have some gaps in. Um, So I kind of did a little analysis like that to kind of see what the makeup of our team as a whole is. And then um, there's something called the core clarity, um, core clarity, and uh, they have a core clarity key. And it's based, it kind of is like um, a a framework for the Clifton strengths and a methodology that's based on it. And so um, if you think of it kind of layered on top, and it, um, it's almost like a persona, if you will, like, if you think of like ICPs and personas, it's like a persona um, for your strengths. And so um, we outlined like all of our personas of our team. Um, We have like, heavy percent of us, almost half of us are stabilizers on the Mm -hmm. core clarity, which was kind of cool. Um, And then, um, you know, we looked at kind of all of the personas and and broke them out. Um, There were, you know, some outliers that we saw across the team, which was kind of fun to dig into and like explore, um, you know, who we could tap into, like for a particular talent uh, where the rest of us may not be as strong. 
Um, or I think it also helped kind of show like the areas that it's like, oh, okay, this is why we excel so much at this particular thing, because like we have so many talent themes around this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we started. And then um, at the end of the workshop, um, uh, one of my favorite parts was like when we kind of broke off into teams and did like yeah. a speed dating thing and we got to know our t- like individual talents of like, you know, three people or so. Um, and I really loved when we kind of expressed like, um, well, here's the talent that I love of so-and-so and this is why um, and kind of did a little bit of that appreciation of other people's talents Mm-hmm. Um, seeing where we could support each other. Um, that was really exciting. Um, that was probably some of my favorite part of the workshop. Yeah. Yeah. I think it like just, uh, set the tone like too. like, I think it was something that also now with doing like the matrix and putting people on, like, as we've had new team members come on, Joy's also worked to get them to do it, but and we can see where people fall on the mm-hmm. map, really understand their strengths. So it is something that like you can just continue to do for your team so they understand each other. But I think it was just it was a great thing to do also when you're in person together. And just because like like you're saying, like doing the speed dating and understanding, like I think everyone just really felt like they could leave like really understanding each other more. Um, and even the ability to see everyone on a map and you can compare, oh, you know, so-and-so we have these similar ones. So-and-so ours are a lot different. And it, it, it was, I mean, even for me, I realized, oh, okay. The, I, I, it made more sense. Like, oh, hey, that makes more sense of maybe why this person acts this way or does this a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe I wasn't understanding it. It's like, well, their strengths are completely different to mine. Um, mm-hmm. and I think other people saw that. And then to your point, like who are the people we can tap into, um, their strengths and still being a, um, you know, a relatively like small team. I think that that was like super valuable because yeah. we do work so cross-functionally and help each other as CSG. Yeah. And I mean, because we're virtually too, like we all have, you know, obviously kind of in our, um, our guru card where we have like all about joy, right? Um, yeah. We all try to come back and like put in our Clifton strengths, like here's my top 10. So like anybody at any time could kind of see like, you know, who's each other's strengths are. And like, I, I've heard strengths come up in many conversations since we've been back from the workshop and it's kind of fun to hear it come up. Um, I know I've worked places before where they've like had like back when we were in person, right. Everything's like virtual now. Um, like hang like their top five strengths, like on their cube, right. Or on their desk. Um, and that way, like, even when you're just like walking by or that sort of thing and having desk conversations, like they're just top of mind. It's good to just kind of keep them fresh in people's mind and like just continually, you know, it's not, it's not like you do this one, you know, workshop and then that's in right. a silo and we never revisit it again. You want to kind totally. of keep it present. Totally. And I I think that uh, you're right. I think maybe coming back to those, uh, revisiting those again. Um, and, and that can be really useful for like OKR and one-on-one discussions, yeah. right? As manager, like just having those like handy for your team. 
okay, we're having this issue. And like, you do a great job of this with your direct reports, I think, because it's like so natural to you. Um, but it, it can be a really great coaching mechanism, especially for new managers mm-hmm. of maybe they're on like, you know, having conflict or need to do conflict resolution, which so challenging to do, <laughs> um, you know, but they can go back and, and look at the person's strength and feel like, yeah. oh, okay, how can we combat this with the strength? Or is there something where maybe the strength isn't being expressed enough or whatever the reasons for it? But then also for chal- like OKRs or setting challenges or goals, um, having those really aligned to someone's strength just makes it them more yeah. interested in doing it, you know, not like uh, you know, you get to the end of the quarter, nothing happened. Well, it could be that that, that goal just didn't align, align to that person's yeah. strength. Yeah. I feel like it also like builds trust and rapport. Like, yeah. I mean, definitely with like your manager and, and stuff like that, but also with coworkers. Um, because if you're like, if the manager is coaching and through like a strength space lens um, and right. developing that person or even like, planning their career path within the company. Um, Like you said, setting OKRs and things like that. Like if they kind of keep that unique person in mind um, when they're doing it, um, I just found that like, yeah, the person's going to be so much more motivated to like want to actually achieve those goals. um, And they're going to feel like their manager truly cares about them and is invested in who they are and their Mm -hmm. specific development. Yeah. I think one thing you mentioned too is like earlier in the podcast, like it was around like those roles and responsibilities and how maybe something wouldn't align to someone's strength. And I think that that, um, especially if you have the flexibility to do it, um, but making quick changes to figure out, okay, mm-hmm. you know, now that we've understand, understand this, like this is not working out and maybe it doesn't align to his strength, maybe we need to adjust or, you know, maybe we need to pull in like another person who were, that is that their strength. And, yeah. um, and so, and I, I think when leadership or managers like don't pay attention to that or don't do that, like that's such a flight risk for your employee too, because mm-hmm. like when someone feels stagnant or someone feels like they need to they're not, you know, leveraging those strengths, right? But then also be measured on something <laughs> so much that isn't a strength of theirs. Yeah. You know, that can be really hard. Like, yeah, that can make you feel just defeated all the time. And, and it happens, right? Like maybe the person ended up in a certain role that maybe wasn't the right fit. So um, at least then looking back to that and, and, and then having that conversation, like maybe this isn't a fit. Maybe there's another role mm-hmm. that's better for you, I think. Yeah. Really useful. Yeah. I feel like too, like, um, even just with, um, like going to the roles and responsibilities, like even like how you go about doing your roles, like your specific responsibilities within the role, like, um, because of my maximizer and achiever, like I like to do really good work and I am a very high achiever. So, um, I know this about myself, but I have found that like, I've had some managers that haven't very been very good at like, um, uh, articulating if they what their expectations are or something like that and then like you get excited about the product that you produced and then it's like womp womp like when you present it to your manager or something you know because it wasn't what they were looking for in some way right um so because I know that about myself and because I'm like pretty good at leveraging my own talents um 
you know, I've learned just to ask for those expectations up front. Cause like mm-hmm. somebody's not just going to always know to like offer them up to you or like if they have yeah. this vision in their head of what they think the end result will look like, I want to know that up front. So I'm pretty good at like asking those questions now. Um, mm. But it's definitely helped me just like execute my responsibilities better because um, I know to do that because I know it's not just going to be given. Mm-hmm. So. That could be great in consulting too. Cause as much as we mm-hmm. will, we'll lean into what we think is best, but sometimes that doesn't always align to maybe the like true expectation of the client. Then the client doesn't really yeah. know how to articulate it very well. So doing the discovery, like thorough discovery questioning, really asking them like, mm-hmm what do you want? Like the goal of this to be, if it's not clearly defined, I think that's why it's great for us to like really understand people's goals when we go through all that. But, uh, there's, there's been enough times over the (laughs) seven and a half years where you do something and then they deliver it and you're like, wait, wait, this isn't what you wanted. Like, how does that, (laughs) yeah. You're like, how did I get this far with not realizing (laughs) this wasn't what you wanted? I feel like, curiosity is always like the number one thing I feel like I say you need to have in consulting but yeah it's also like just the number one thing that you should be doing to like build relationships and get to know people and like understand their strengths like the more that you're just curious and in discovery mode about people or about like a particular project a client wants or a you know uh ask from your boss like really anything like curiosity comes to save the day you know um. <laughs> that's so true that's so true um well this has been awesome I always kind of end with you know the one question of what is one thing that you think people are doing wrong but what is one thing that you think like coworkers or managers are doing wrong when trying to yeah. like adapt to other strengths um great question I've probably just like making assumptions that everybody's just like them. Yeah. Like, um, in that, you know, it's the way that you're going to do it is the way that somebody else is going to do it. Right. Or how you would handle a situation is how somebody else would handle that same situation. And it like, it's just not true. Like we know that's not true, but, um, you know, without having that curiosity that we're talking about and like really also having your own self-awareness around your talents, it's, um, it's hard to kind of combat that, but like, yeah, that would be the number one thing like doing wrong is just assuming that everybody's going to like think, feel and behave in the same way that you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such an easy one. I think for people to, to do, I know I, I can do this at times too. And I'll find myself like, Oh, okay. No, just, you know, just really think about like the person, how they're different, their motivations, like why they may have chosen mm-hmm. something and then like have a conversation around it with that yeah. person too, if you really want to understand. So especially if you're feeling frustrated by somebody, it probably just means yeah. that you need to understand their strengths better. <laughs> so that and like, it takes um, a little give on both sides, I think, like, yeah, I think it's hard to 100% of the time, Take. be working in your strengths and like, right. never like venturing out from there. Like, it's business, right? It's of course, you're right. gonna have to do some things that like, you, you know, or maybe your most your natural state, but I think knowing when to give and knowing when somebody else gives, like in having that awareness yeah. um, and just appreciating the uniqueness of every individual is important. Totally. And I'm glad you said that too, because I think 
managers, you don't like, I think you can feel like a lot of the time you need to ensure that your team is always like within their strengths. And that's so impossible. And also probably like there needs to be some element, like you said, where you go into like out of your comfort zone a bit. But then I think those are the times too, when you really, like you actually have realizations of what your strength is because, Mm -hmm. you know, something's challenging to you and then you can tap into your strength to maybe make it like easier or, or just that true understanding of like, okay, why is this like challenging for me? And because there's some ways where you do need to adapt and you do need to get an extra Or maybe you need to brush up on a skill. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. Yep. Uh, and we, we, you know, we we feel that all the time, especially marketers. I think. Um, yeah. Like, there's just so much to know and so much to do and learn. So. Um, For sure. Well, I I love this conversation. I hope everyone who's listening did too. I think it's <laughs> so informative. Um, if you want to chat about strengths a little bit more with Joy, uh, we'll be linking to her LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So you can go there and connect with her. Um, and obviously she works at CS2, so you'll be seeing more of her on the podcast. Um, so look out for that. Um, but if you did also enjoy this episode and want to share it with a colleague or friend, please do so, or leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Um, we'll see you next time on Forward Thinking. Thanks, Joy. Thanks. Thanks.